0: Okay, well then we'll get rolling here. Hey guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of Teen to Life. I am here with Aaron, the used to be CEO of Thrive Media and now is the CEO of Sunrise Cannabis here in Vancouver. So could you just walk us through the journey of how you became the CEO of Thrive Media to a uh, cannabis store?
1: Oh wow. Uh, shows you probably how old I am. Um, so yeah, so Thrive Media was a, a, I guess we were called a digital media company back in those days, but we were mostly um, focused in software development for online gaming mm-hmm. and uh, created the company here in British Columbia. Um, and uh, this was back in the end of the 90s and uh, we were providing um, web-based gaming technology to the likes of um, real.com, which at the time was a big, big company. Uh, Sega Gaming um, eventually worked with EA. We were working with Bodog and a lot of other uh, online gambling companies. So, um, and uh, it grew, and we had offices in um, multiple countries, and. It was a big learning experience for me you know I was probably in my uh, late 20s early 30s and then um, you know since since then um, I have been involved in a number of startups in the tech side and uh, I kind of fell into cannabis um, because uh, First of all, I'm originally from Northern California, where, um, you know, the cannabis there is quite well known, um, and we, my family, had a, a vineyard in Mendocino County, uh, in Ukiah, which is you know part of the Emerald Triangle there, for those that know a little bit about cannabis in California, um, and um, and so uh, you know I cut my teeth as a young guy growing cannabis before I, you know, got into tech. And I was just tired of traveling a lot. And, uh, you know, I'm a dual citizen, so I was traveling the States a lot, and I had a young family as I got a little bit older and wanted to do something where I could just be here. And I have always been a consumer of cannabis throughout my whole life, and uh, I've always believed in it, uh, both medicinally and uh, as a therapeutic form, uh, that is, um, has a lot of benefits uh, for people. And um, so, I started um, I started a medical cannabis uh, company um, back in 2015, I think it was, mm-hmm. 20, 2015, 20, somewhere around there, yeah. And so, um, and from there we, um, you know, amalgamated into Sunrise cannabis today, mm-hmm. and so we were selling during pre legalization time quite for quite some time
0: so how did how how did that work how, did you have to get different permits to sell or how 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 was the process of selling while it was illegal here in canada
1: uh It was very conservative in the beginning because you you, you had to have you know theoretic, theoretically you you had to have a, a doctor's prescription mm-hmm. And um, there was a lot of individuals that were, uh, you know, uh, fighting legal cases to defend their right to be able to not only consume but also uh, cultivate and process their own cannabis for their medical needs. And I've always been a big believer in that. So... It was uh, we, we we started with a shop that was probably one of the closest shops to the b c cancer agency in Vancouver, and we started to uh, provide medical cannabis to those folks uh, mm-hmm. and others, but you know not just cancer patients mm-hmm. but um, uh it was it was a dynamic time because it was highly illegal
2: right
1: and um you know we were really pushing the envelope with law enforcement uh, and so we wanted to try and do things as you know as prudent and, and practical as possible and and so so you know that was a that was a tough time because everybody wanted can- to, to buy cannabis out of a store um, but they had to go through this process they had to go to the doctor a lot of doctors would not write a prescription for something like this right. So a lot of them are going to naturopathic doctors um, and so naturopathic doctors became very like critical to the whole legalization movement. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realize that. Mm -hmm. And so we were very thankful for that. There was was a lot of people that had medical doctors prescriptions as well, but so that was the beginning. I see. Yeah.
0: And now you've grew to something very big. Um, How as the CEO, were there any interesting um, or you've, you've, you've probably worked as a, yeah, as a, let's close that door, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you've probably worked behind the counter a few times, were there any interesting or underage people that come in and have interesting stories to tell or?
1: Underage ex- people, yeah, or yeah, oh yeah, season? there's, there's underage people that come in all the time. What
0: methods or yeah. what was the most interesting... They try to come in anyway
1: and they... Um, it's funny because I was just talking to my business partner about how these days it's like, you know, young people are almost incredulous that that, that they can't come in. And it's like, well, I forgot my ID or, you know, somebody somebody served me before. Or, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of different excuses, but it's... Uh, um, I think... You know there's this um i don't know i don't know what you want to call it but there's an expectation there for sure um i i feel like um you know i i started consuming cannabis at a fairly young age when i was a teenager obviously it was much more you know and i grew up in the states and so it was really heavily uh you know it was the war on drugs um Mm -hmm. that whole thing was going on um now it's, I think I think the general public realizes that cannabis is not as, um, you know, um, harmful as as they used to believe, particularly back in the sort of '60s, um, you know, the Nixon era, the famous Nixon era, where there was videos and commercials about how you know cannabis is going, marijuana is going to make your kids go crazy and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know it hasn't been proven to be addictive, you know, um, and uh, there's a lot of health benefits to it, and you know, also depending on how you consume it as well. So I think, to some extent, there's a good portion of the stigma that is starting to get, you know, removed. I mean, it still, it still exists, there's no question. Um, but, um, my hope is that, um, you know, people your age, you know, have a son your age, um, can appreciate it for, um, how it can benefit your, your, your mental state, your physical state and not abuse it. I think, I think that part of, part of it is that people... Everybody just wants to... I I just want to get high. I want the strongest stuff. I want to get high. And, you know, that's great, you know, but I think it's like uh, there's a... You know, I I really feel like just with with everything, there is a... The law of diminishing returns really comes into effect, which is, you know, you, you, you get a bit of it... You get a bit of everything here and there, and you can really benefit from it. But if you really consume something too much too often it you, you shouldn't be surprised that you might you know have some adverse effects and i think young people should take that into consideration just because brains are forming and
0: right right what are what, what are some of the benefits of taking marijuana
1: well i'm no i'm no medical doctor or anything but um you know and so what i know is based on what you know. Research has been published, which is very little, um, uh, or anecdotal um, feedback from people that have um, debilitating diseases that are you know really suffering and they can't take prescription medication. Um, you know that that those are the people on the extreme. So the people on the extreme, you know, they're in late stage cancer, they can't handle you know oxy or um, Various forms of you know opioids and, and they, they turn to cannabis, um, so so, and it, and cannabis doesn't have the side effects that they're experiencing with these heavy opioids um, drugs, um, so so that's that's on the extreme side. I think if you know on the I don't want to even say recreational. I think I think everybody takes everybody consumes cannabis. Uh, for medicinal purpose and I know a lot of people argue with me about that but even the people parents that have stress you know two working parents work full time Mm -hmm. stressful days at work still gotta have groceries still gotta go home and cook clean maybe they got young kids they want to be present for the young kids but they still have that you know the work thing hanging over them and cannabis helps even those people to sort of like Cut through that, and and allows them to get down to the level of their you know maybe their young children and be able to enjoy very simple things that their kids are involved in authentically. Mm-hmm. And but that's just one example. Right. I mean, there's lots of examples.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but you know you know medically, obviously, epi- people with ep- epilepsy. I mean, that's that. I think that was one of the hugest, you know, biggest breakthroughs for cannabis was. Um, was, you know, the uh, inarguable, positive uh, effect of cannabis uh, uh, among people that suffer from uh, debilitating seizures, you know, related to epilepsy Mm -hmm. and so forth. Mm -hmm. We've seen all kinds of things. I've seen weird things, like I had a client that came, used to come to us back in, I think it was 2016, and he had a a cancerous, like, uh, lesion on his forehead. Huge lesion.
2: Uh
1: And he didn't tell anybody this, but he was putting Phoenix Tears, which is like a, it's a cannabis uh, extract, um, which can be made a number of different ways with hydrocarbon um, uh, solvents, and, and he was rubbing it on his fo- on his on this this lesion. Okay. Which you know nobody told him to do that, and he, each time he came in, he would he would say, look, it's 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 going down. I I don't know. We've had cancer patients in early stage cancer that were able to use you know, Rick you know, the equivalent of Rick Simpson oil well and um extended their life substantially in their opinion, they felt, and allowed them to get off of a lot of the heavy opioid drugs. Mhm. Um and people with anxiety I think anxiety today is one of the you know biggest things people especially if you consider like how the pandemic affected society
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know like people with anxiety are taking CBD right and it's allowing them to be able to function in society so
0: Mm -hmm. what sets Sunrise Cannabis apart from different companies uh, who also sell cannabis
1: Um, we're we're People who love the plant, and you know we have always been enthusiasts, mm-hmm. and um, as a result, we're we're always looking for the best quality. Um, we're also consumers. Everybody that works here is a regular consumer, so um, we share our knowledge on on the products that we try and um, we try to convey our experiences in an honest way Mm -hmm. because the reality is there's a lot of substandard products in the legal market and um, so it's, it's you know if you're a consumer buying cannabis in the legal market that you can spend money and be quite disappointed Mm -hmm. And we try to help people avoid that. You know, meeting people's expectations is sort of our number one priority. And it always has been, even pre-legalization. And we work with a lot of um, legacy uh, cultivators um, across Canada um, that we've built relationships with over many years. And um, those are the people that are on the... They're like us, but on the cultivation side.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, um, as a result, their product is typically higher quality, uh, fresher, and we, um, we, we do everything we can to work with those people. Um, even if it costs us more money and we make, you know. If, even if we make less money, it doesn't matter. That's, that's not the point. The point is, we want to be able to provide the value to the consumer and so we encourage our staff to be honest right. you know there's things that we have on in, in our, on our shelves right now that we're not proud of you know but we we try to buy everything out there and and experiment and see see if it's it make, right. it's gonna meet people's expectations right
0: right um, how does this company compete with the black market and what are your thoughts on the arguments that legalization hasn't done enough to dismantle it?
1: Yeah, well, that's, it's, it's, that's, a, that's a big subject right there. I could talk to you for probably an hour on that one. <laughs> but um, you know, I'm happy we, you know, I push for legalization. You know, in mm-hmm. some respects, I'm, prob- I'm a little embarrassed that I did because I did not think that five years in we would be where we're at right now. Uh, which is basically failure, you know, in terms of the industry. Um, I, I think, and when I say failure, I'm talking about, I'm using the government's priorities, not mine. The government's priorities are to keep uh, cannabis, uh, you know, uh, from uh, providing uh, revenue for organized crime. Uh, to keep, uh, to maintain public safety, to keep drugs out of the hands of young people that are underage. So, you know, if we look at just those three, we're failing in all those areas in terms of the regulated market today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people that, you know, were in the legacy market that com- converted to the legal market a lot of them have actually gone out of business because they just couldn't make, they couldn't make it pencil, the business. Too much regulation, too many taxes, mm-hmm. too much taxes. Um, but the regulations are just as bad as the amount of taxation. And so as a result, m- my estimate is half the market, if not more, is being served by the illicit market today five years in to the legalization. So <clears throat> now if you were to go to, let's say the state of Colorado, that would be different because they have really impacted the illicit market because the government allowed the ecosystem, you know, the supply chains to work and they didn't get involved in central distribution. They didn't get involved in, um, you know, taxing, you uh, uh, you know, vertical integration, all these things they have there, we, which we don't have. White labeling, a lot of aspects. They just, they're just they just taxing based on how it flows through the, the ecosystem. And then they enforce based on whether people are complying or not, that have licenses. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot to learn from that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I think we're failing. I mean, companies in the cannabis industry are going bankrupt left and right. And the public's no safer. In fact, the public's still buying from the illegal market. Our customers come in to our store and tell us which places they're buying from. So it's, it's, um, you know, we, we need, there's a lot of dire changes that need to be made.
0: Mm -hmm. Legalization of cannabis happened, what, like four years ago?
1: Here in Canada, yeah, it's 2018, 20. October. Okay, yeah.
0: And uh, how did Sunrise change? How did it benefit, or how did it, what did it take away from this company?
1: Well, I, you know, it uh, it changed the business completely because back in the old days, we would have um, we were buying, let's say, for example, flour in bulk, and then we would um, measure it out in front of the customers and put it in. Mylar bags for them to take um, with health health authorities involved and the fear um, of of a new drug being legalized um, uh, the you know the tendency of governments is to go overboard in terms of regulatory requirements um, and you know, you know, with all those requirements comes costs. And um, so the the way that it the way that the econ- the cannabis economy operated pre legalization, you know, obviously a lot of companies in those spaces were not paying the taxes. They weren't. Some were, but some weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were selling product that was substandard and probably even in some cases uh a threat to people's health you know to some extent um you know because we're talking about using right shitty pesticides and you know selling selling concentrates with lots of solvent in it or whatever but so, legalization, I think one of the positives of legalization was that it, it, it brought in accountability in terms of um, ensuring that the products are going to be um, good for consumption for the public. Hmm. And so that, that part's good. But we, we, we um, you know, we're one, one, I would say we're uh, 20th, 120th of this, you know, size that we were before wow Yeah.
0: That's a big drop.
1: The volume was twentieth. sorry. Sorry. Not one twentieth. We're we're doing twenty percent of what we used to do. Oh, okay. Sorry, not one
0: twentieth. That's still yeah. That's still not too good.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. And and it's you know, it's not even about like top line revenue so much as it is about um, having a system that's having a an industry whereby the marketplace is viable. Right now it's not viable. There's new money coming in, in the cannabis industry and then they realized they can't make money in the thing and now they're trying to offload assets which is where we are right now. Companies offloading things because they made, they made huge investments thinking that they were going to make all this money uh, particularly publicly traded companies and all of the mom and pop community supported groups whether they were in cultivation or retail got wiped out. I mean, there's some still alive like us, but there's not a lot. There's a lot of people operating retail cannabis stores today that were not in pre-legalization time
2: mm-hmm.
1: or didn't have anything to do with cannabis pre-legalization. So, um, and so that's why we have all these, these, you know, governments treat, you know, when the legalization came, governments treated cannabis as if it was liquor. Let's create a central warehouse Let's put all the cannabis in there, and then we'll, you know, meet it out based on who wants what, and we'll send trucks out and all that type of thing. But cannabis is not shelf stable; it's a perishable. And um, the longer it sits on the shelf, and I'm talking days, weeks, and especially months, the the, huh. the value diminishes. And I think that was a huge. Miscalculation by the government both federal and provincial governments they did not heed the advice of people in the industry not so much in Canada but in the United States they sent advisors and analysts down the states and they were given specific advice but that wasn't followed mm-hmm. so we're paying for that now
0: <laughs> Yeah, know that's that's not. Um, in 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 your opinion, how would, um, what would a dream kind of for this business? What would a dream policy, dream government, um, look like?
1: A dream government.
0: Like for 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 um, cannabis in specific.
1: Yeah, or maybe policies. Policies. Because, you know, I don't believe in big government. I think. I think, you know. You know, if we really drill down in any one particular sector, there's a lot of waste on the government side. Um, I believe in government. I believe we should have regulations. And I believe those regulations should be enforced. So I'm not against government. I'm just saying that we need to be practical about how we implement our laws. Um, because, you know, for instance, there are a lot of new people in this industry and I, you know, I've been in different associations and i listened to some of them and these people that weren't around pre-legalization times and they're like, we need more law enforcement and we need more law enforcement action. We tried that, that, that was, that was the war on drugs. We have realized as a society, the war on drugs doesn't work. It doesn't matter what you, what drug you want to Bring up. There's yeah. got to be a better solution, and I'm not saying we got to legalize everything. I'm just saying <laughs> if we're going to make an authentic, um, you know, effort, for example, to legalize cannabis, we can't say okay, we're going to legalize it, but we're going to tax it to death and regulate it to death, such that you know it's difficult for all the companies and individuals that are making a living in the industry and then have to compete with the black market on top of it. And government retail cannabis stores. We have government retail cannabis stores in this province. It's fucking mind-blowing. Our government is operating retail businesses. It doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. The government's... I mean... If you started uh, this business, how about if the government decided that they're going to start doing podcasts and the same subjects that you're doing?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they got all the resources. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense, does it? That's what's happening in this industry. Mm-hmm. The government is the central distributor, they're the monopoly on wholesale. They operate their own retail stores that compete directly with small businesses like us. We can't touch their pricing because they operate at a loss. Now taxpayers don't realize that, that we can't actually see if the BC government, if the BC uh, liquor distribution branch is actually making dollar $1, $1 in cannabis. Because the cannabis revenues generated in the province are not distinguished You know, the profits, if there are profits, are not distinguished from liquor. So you look at the LDB's annual statements, you can't, quarterly statements, whatever. You can't see it. So that's a problem because that's your money. That's everybody's money. The government works for the taxpayer, not the other way around. And for Mm -hmm. some reason, we've, we've gotten it all backwards. I don't know why. It, it, it's a, it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I mean, we've got a failing uh, medical services industry. And if you look over the border, a lot of U.S. states are generating hundreds of millions of dollars that are going into schools, the school system, ailing school systems, creating, building new schools, um, uh, helping people with... Um, Substance abuse Which is rampant everywhere? Now I'm not saying that they're doing a great job at that, but but you know at least there are funds available To pull from that's coming from the sale of cannabis. Why can't we do that here? Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I'm telling politicians. I know it can be done But the policies have to change Mm -hmm. It's the only way why shouldn't revenue generated from the taxes from the sale of cannabis in the province of BC, why can't some of those proceeds go directly into substance abuse programs, housing, medical services, psychological counseling? You know, th- th- Those to me, um, to me, that's an, it's a no-brainer. Now, how you manage those funds and how, the, how those programs are implemented are for the government to oversee Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that's where the focus should be not running cannabis stores interesting
0: so if you could change one policy I would guess that would be I get rid of
1: all the all the BC cannabis stores I would I would get rid of centralized distribution so that we so that retailers can buy direct from the farms And they can still put, you know, a tax on that, but get out of the way. Centralized Mm -hmm. distribution for perishable goods is never going to work. It's just not. And it hasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't see centralized, you know, we don't see government monopolies operating for, you know, the sale of uh, vegetables. Why are we doing that with this? It's not much different. Actually, to be honest, cannabis has got more similarities to the vegetable section of a grocery store than it does to a liquor store. It's It's got a, a limited shelf life. It degrades quickly. The value of it, as it degrades, the value of it goes basically into the, into the toilet. So <clears throat> if you don't do a good job growing good-tasting, good-looking vegetables that Uh, that um, come out in the production of food, then you won't be in business very long, right?
0: Right, right, right.
1: Where we're headed headed in the legal cannabis industry is low-cost, low-quality, mass-produced, like, industrially-produced cannabis that nobody will want. You know they just came out with a report that said that you know uh, in bc uh everything over uh five dollars a gram is declining in sales well the vast majority of the customers that come into my store buy cannabis that's five dollars over five dollars a gram
2: mm-hmm.
1: so the only things that are showing an increase are cannabis products that are less than five dollars that well, doesn't make any that's sense. not that
0: profitable, is it?
1: Well, it's, it's not even about the profit. It's about having a viable market. Mm. You can't have a viable economy if you've got a government controlling it, controlling the, 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 the price and which products can be in the market and which products can't. That's not how it works. And unfortunately, we have bureaucrats... They keep trying to put that square peg in the, in the, in the round hole. It's just not going to work. Well, we, we, mm. we'll, well, there'll be more carnage before people start to realize that something has to be done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm optimistic. I think something will be done. I think a lot of people in government are realizing this is a failed policy. I see.
0: And you're an entrepreneur. So if this was, God forbid, to go south, really south. What would be your next goal or your next maybe startup? Because you, you, said, <laughs> good, you, said, you, you said you said you've done a few startups, right? Yeah. So what, what do you think the next one might be? Because there's, oh. there's no limit, right? To startups you could open up. A oh, yeah. 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 So, I mean, if
1: you're an entrepreneur, you the, the best thing is, um, you know, is, is learning, is learning, even even if you don't succeed, but you try and you and you and you fail. Right, right. But you learn something. Right. And that's invaluable. Because if you, if you fail enough, you're going to figure out there's a, there's, there's a formula to succeed in any one particular field. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for those that, you know, have listened to, to your podcast and um, are entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, don't be afraid to fail. It's okay to fail. You know, my, my oldest... Uh, uh, daughter, you know, put my car into a wall in the parkade the other day. Really? <laughs> and, I, and I she was upset. She didn't want to tell me. She thought I was going to be really angry. And I said to her, I said, look, uh, first of all, you got to tell me these things. You shouldn't hide these things. It's not a good idea. But second of all, um, I already anticipated that that would happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You, you're a new driver. You're just learning how to, you know, get around. And sometimes walls seem further away than they are and and so uh you know i told her don't let that uh discourage you from trying to be a better driver
0: right 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 right. Right. uh one of my favorite quotes is an investment in knowledge pays the greatest interest absolutely so i think uh you know lessons and real life experiences of those failures you know you could um someone on a podcast said, I think one of our uh, Team 2 Intelligence episode, um, someone said where they... they uh, how do I say this? They could tell you lessons, but the only way you're actually going to learn them, like they could tell you, you know, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this a million times, but until you've actually done it, you won't know the true effect or you won't understand the true lesson, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah so, no, you know, going through those experiences yourself is, is really important. So uh, what... What 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 do you think will be your next startup? Have you uh, have I got you know, my hands full right yeah. now.
1: I mean we're you know, we've looked at getting involved in the cultivation side and the processing side. I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't know. Or maybe just get out of cannabis altogether and try something different, you know? Um mm-hmm. I I I've always been fond of tech and um, Right. I think I would do something that involves technology. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of things we can do better, mm-hmm. leveraging technology, especially now. I know I know AI is all the rage right now, but I don't know that it's gonna that that, that specifically is something that I would be, uh, you know, focusing on. But I I think there's there's a lot of inefficiencies that can be improved, even in just this industry. You know, now, now that I I know it in and out. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, it's a good question. I don't yeah. know. I'm hoping that Fair this enough. industry continues, and I hope right, it right. doesn't fail. <laughs> um,
0: have you have Have you tried out the ChatGPT AI? In, yeah, a little uh, bit. Yeah, yeah, played around with it. Sure. Do you think Do you think you could use it in this business, in the cannabis business? I
1: I, I think it's maybe at some point in the future, um, but I, I don't think it's practical right now. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, the thing with cannabis is. You know, there's people have so many different experiences with um, various, you know, strains of cannabis, um, and uh, the, and then if you take the same uh, cultivar and you get ten different ten different people to consume it, you might get ten different opinions about. It's effect, it's right. taste, it's, you know, all kinds of things, right? So it's, it's, um, it, it is, there are some unique qualities of cannabis as a product. It's just, um, it's a lot of interpretation. We have people that come in and say, you know, we have this silly 10 milligram limit on edibles. Um, and I understand the motivation behind why the federal government health Canada created this thing. But it's um, it's another misguided uh, regulation, and you know. So, but certainly, you know, there are people that can take five milligrams, even four, three milligrams, and and really feel the THC to a point where they would want not want to take any more.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But there's also people, and a lot of people, that will take ten milligrams and not even feel it. And I'm talking just of the one cannabinoid THC. I'm talking about all the other spectrum of cannabinoids. I think the um, I don't think that AI is going to be able to advise people on what cannabis products they should uh, purchase, for example, mm-hmm. because there's a real human element to the experience. I see. And um, I'm really interested in the research. Uh, that's going to come out of this industry now that it is legal, because I think we're going to learn a lot about how um, you know the human body reacts. Um, I mean, we we know anecdotally, but I, it, it'd be interesting to have empirical data that mm-hmm. we could draw from. Um, you know, I was I was talking to uh, a friend of mine who's a a scientist uh, at one of the universities here. Um, that was uh, sort of um, tracking the, the genome of a lot of different strains in cannabis. Uh, and this concept of Inica-Sativa hybrid that we've become so accustomed to, in his opinion, was uh, not valid. Um, and what he was telling me was that there are uh, what he, he, he referred to as chemical varieties of cannabis that make its effect on people uh, different and uh, also in terms of taste you know obviously psychoactive potency um, and uh, how it uh, modulates the immune system so I think we're going to see more of that Mm -hmm. understanding from a chemical perspective how these different cannabis plants can affect people, you know, generally speaking. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, There's this ongoing debate about increasing the potency in THC or of THC in cannabis. Um, What is your stance on this issue?
1: Well, a lot of the test results, you know, people come into cannabis stores and they say, I want the... Highest rated cannabis, you know, THC rated cannabis that you have in the store. And the first thing we tell them is, are you aware that the THC ratings on these uh, on these packages can be totally incorrect? It's a lot of people find that kind of disturbing.
0: What do you mean by incorrect? Well... Are they not tested in the right ways or...
1: Um, there's, uh, unfortunately, the, because we have, it, this is maybe a little bit complicated, but because we've in, implemented regulated cannabis in a way whereby there's central purchasing authorities, monopol, you know, wholesale monopolies, like Ontario has the Ontario Cannabis, uh, I don't know what the S stands for, but essentially they have their mo- own wholesale monopoly there. We have the LDB here. Um, And in each province, there's a central buyer. Um, And then as a result, those buyers, they're buying so much cannabis that there's no way for them to try all of it or any of it because they're just buying so much at a time. So the way they're basing their purchasing decisions is on... Factors like how did that cannabis rate in terms of its THC testing? Now, if you're a small business cannabis cultivator, and you tell the government, "I have this new, you know, strain coming out, and it's going to test around 25% to 28% or something like that," and then when when it it's cultiv, you know, it's it's cut down, it's cured, it's ready to go, they test it, and it tests at 22 the central purchasing authority may just say nah we're gonna pass now that 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 company has now invested in that in that batch and they've got maybe let's say for example 150 cases of this stuff that they got to unload and now the purchasing authority doesn't want it so what's the easiest thing to do lie about it i mean you can try and sell it to other provinces But now your stuff's gonna start sitting. It's gonna age. So, if you get the right test result, and it falls into that window, all of a sudden, the wholesaler's more interested in buying it now, right? Now, I may not be describing this exactly the way that it goes down, Mm -hmm. but essentially, something like this is happening in Canada and is the reason why we're getting all these bullshit test results. And there's lots of articles written about it. It's not like I'm making this stuff up. Right, right, right. Google it and right. you'll find all kinds of articles about it. It's it's stupid. The whole thing is dumb. I've got product on my shelves, cannabis just straight flour that hasn't been infused with any concentrate that supposedly is 36, 37 percent THC I've been in cannabis for a while I've never seen anything that really tested out at that level that's not infused with some sort of concentrate so well you know and then when you look at the flower itself you know it doesn't even it's In some cases, it's like spongy. It doesn't, you can't see the gland heads. And it's like, what am I missing here? How the hell did this thing test higher than any cannabis I've ever seen in my whole life? It doesn't make any sense. Right. So we've created a fallible system. And until that is addressed, you know, these THC ratings don't mean much. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. In fact, I, I, I would, I would, I would argue, I, I could, I could, I could, uh, I could, I could find, I could bring to you cannabis that's uh, craft grown uh, by veteran artisan growers, small batch, that tests out at twenty one percent. That would um, it would have a nose on it that would blow away anything, any of the products we have in the upper 20s, 30s percent in the legal market mm-hmm. and would smoke better, smoother and yeah, it just, there's a reason why the illicit market is still strong in Canada and it's because you know, we failed. We failed developing the policies and the structures in Canada that in, that encourages, um, you know, like, you look at the wine industry, they've got VQA, you know, if something's grown organically, they've got to meet certain standards, right? Mm-hmm. We need that. Uh, for testing, we should have some kind of standardization protocols. So there's a, there's a lot of things that we could do. But, you know, I don't look at any of the THC stuff as being credible.
0: Mm-hmm. who were growing up uh, who were your mentors in pushing you into this entrepreneur mindset that you have who do you think helped you develop that or was, that's, was it just uh, that's you that's an
1: interesting question you know I think um, I can't I can't I can't I put my finger on, on one or two I think you know um, my, my father became an entrepreneur and when I was a young guy and, uh, you know, I watched him struggle, you know, and I watched, you know, how much he, how much he worked, how much he focused on it and, and, um, and eventually succeed, you know. Um, and I, you know, I, I think I took a lot from that, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and then, you know, watching some peers try to do things independently and fail, right, and some of them succeeded. You know, and just kind of gleaning you know, from the friends of mine that had a lot of financial success, um, kind of gleaning what they were doing uh, that you know got them to where they they were. I think you know that that was also inspirational. you know I, t- I got a lot from that. There's some books that I've read that i've I, I really um, sort of uh, uh, resonate with me, but I think I think, you know. It's uh it's a hard road. Entrepreneurship is a very difficult road. Yeah.
0: And it's just one big risk, right? There's no
1: Well and you know, chances are you're gonna be working a lot more than you think you're gonna be working. Yeah. And you're gonna be making a lot of personal sacrifices that you ordinarily wouldn't Mm -hmm. if you were Mm -hmm. if you had a job. Working for a company. So, <clears throat> um, you know, and in cannabis, there's that humanistic, uh, civil right kind of, you know, uh, portion of it, you know, whereby, you know, if, you, if you're a believer in cannabis, you believe that people should be able to grow it. They should. You should. Everybody should be able to grow it and cultivate it and use it, no different than you're growing tomatoes in your backyard, right? Like, and thankfully we do have legalization for that, and people can grow at home. Um,
0: I, heard, I heard. I heard there. Sorry. I heard there was a four um, four plant limit to plant, what you yeah. can grow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's arbitrary. You know, and it's not being it's not being enforced necessarily. I mean, maybe in some cases, but you know that yeah it's 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 a funny thing isn't it it's like um, I think the more we destigmatize things, you know like it, I grew up in northern California states, and like you couldn't you couldn't drink alcohol until you're twenty one so as soon as people turned twenty one they went berserk you know but if if you take that stigma uh, that, that's that, that's that whole um what was that thing in the 60s that they did? It was uh what was it called? But anyway, it was it was this sort of like fear that the government instilled in the public of of cannabis. Let's take the fear out. Let's let's take let's let's analyze it for what it really is. It's not life-threatening. Mm-hmm. It's 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 uh it's not something that's, you know, Ironically, alcohol, you drink enough alcohol, you kill yourself, but you can't do that with cannabis. Really? It's not lethal.
0: Okay.
1: I mean, if you combust anything in great quantity and you know shove it down in your lungs all the time, sure, it can right, be lethal, right. but that's anything, right? Right. So, I think that's, we, we have to get rid of this this whole Stigma around it, and I think then the concerns over youth consuming and peop- and adults consuming too much is going is 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 going to be reduced dramatically. I really believe that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. You also said you can't get addicted to cannabis.
1: I, yeah, I haven't seen any research that shows that it's physically addicting okay I, I, it could be that people get a mental addiction to it you know it, it, that's possible but I haven't seen anything whereby you know people are dying because they're not getting cannabis you know, they're not getting THC or some kind of cannabinoid into their system I see
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I mean there's a lot, a, lot, a lot of people would say you know cannabis is all bad and I was you know I was with them because I've never you know tried them, you know young but, you know, getting a listen from you, it doesn't seem all that bad, how people might think about it or interpret it.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. And I, I think it you know there are there there are forms of cannabis that are quite um, quite potent that can be hazardous if mm-hmm. consumed by anyone and they are doing something that involves risk to their health. It doesn't matter whether it's driving a tractor or scaling the side of a mountain or whatever um you're impaired Mm -hmm. and you know there are certain forms of cannabis that can greatly impair uh people's uh abilities so we have to be conscious of that and um but that comes with education you know with my i have three kids with my kids i've always told them you know you're gonna get offered drugs no question you've probably been offered drugs at school I'm not gonna put you on the spot, yeah, but no, I'm just I, saying, okay, you know? yeah. And so that's never gonna go away. Right, right. But I think if we if we're real and we're honest mm-hmm. with our kids and one day with your kids, if you mm-hmm. have kids, right, yeah, yeah. and then they'll understand it for what it is. You know, hey, I probably shouldn't try, you know, opioids or something like that for just because I wanna get high because it could get me hooked if I get hooked, it could pretty much destroy my life. Um, and there's a lot of other drugs, you know, that can alter the chemistry of your brain such that you can't function like you would ordinarily. And, you know, I've, that's happened to some friends of mine. So, you know, they got too much exposure to meth or heroin or whatever. So, you know, and their lives are changed forever. And I think those stories are really important for us to, to you know, bring to light.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not you know Nancy Reagan saying, say no to drugs. It's just, look, drugs are everywhere. And so you've got to be educated about what these drugs are and how they can impact you. I'm not going to tell you that you can't do drugs because I know that every kid your age has access to drugs of any kind if they want it. But if I can give you the education so that you can make a meaningful decision, chances are yeah. you're not going to get mixed up in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Are your kids planning to go down the route you went down with your uh, entrepreneurship and different startups, or are they interested in something something else?
1: Um, yeah, I think I don't encourage them one way or the other. Uh-huh. Um, I I try to just you know I I try to just encourage them to, to try a lot of things. And and see what speaks to you. See what resonates. You know, um, take a bunch of different college courses. Um, mm. yeah. You know, go on field trips t- to places you ordinarily might not be interested in. You you may find something that might be interesting in there. Take a job working in a low paying thing or uh, uh, occupation and see what see what happens you know do you like it what do you what do you not like about it i think those things are all all those experiences are motivating factors you know my son does you know some manual labor for me and as does my oldest daughter and you know they've realized that that's that's hard that's hard work right you know and for the pay it's so it gives perspective and um I think uh, if one of them were to choose to be an entrepreneur, that'd be great. But I make sure that they understand the sacrifices they're going to make. You are going to sacrifice family time, if you have a family. And you are going to have challenges that you never thought you had. And so, you know, it's a give and take. But, um... I, I wouldn't discourage people from becoming entrepreneurs. I just think that you have to realize. I know a lot of people when they think of entrepreneurs, they think, "Oh well, well, he's a successful entrepreneur, and he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and he can work or not work or whatever." But the reality is, you're always, you're always, your mind's always on it. You're always, you're always thinking about it, and and just that can take away from time. You know. Um, special time that you have with family and friends um, so uh, mm-hmm. I think it's great for everybody to try something entrepreneurial if if that's something that you're yeah. interested yeah. in yeah
0: interesting okay then we'll get to our last question here because sure. I know you gotta run yeah um, what is your favorite book and your favorite podcast that maybe helped you or could potentially help other other students
1: oh there's a book called um, well for those in tech uh, if I it's been a long time but there's a, there's a book called five steps to the Epiphany I forgot the name of the author but it really spoke to me if you're if you're in the if you're a tech entrepreneur and you're looking to try to, you're creating a solution for a problem in a specific industry he, this author um, really walks you through um his his sort of trials and tribulations, doing doing just that, and uh, I think there's a lot to be learned from it. Um, in terms of individuals, oh, wow, that's a great one. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. There's a lot of business leaders today that, um, even ones that I had a lot of respect for, that kind of turned out to be shitty kind of people, and. You know, um, I think the best business leaders are not just the ones that are able to be financially successful, but look out for the people that got them there. And I mean the people that work in the company that they are, you know, either you know the CEO of or on the board of directors of or mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Um, people are the greatest asset, in my opinion. And I think, um, you know, l- look, at, look at business leaders where they have financial success and, and their people are happy. Their, their people are getting a fair shake. And they're empowered to try new things that uh, might create new products. Right, right, right. you know yeah um, yeah I, I, I would say that 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 would be the biggest thing if you're an, if you're an entrepreneur and you're just starting out be kind to the people that work for you and treat them not like a number but mm-hmm. like human beings and pay them a livable wage if you can if you can do it it's very do, difficult to do that in this industry right now but I think that's I think it just it's going to create a better society for all of us Mm -hmm. and
0: then any podcasts in specific
1: podcasts I don't really listen to entrepreneurial or any like um, I do listen to some uh, business related podcasts but I don't know that there's ones that I find that a lot of the, a lot of the business podcasts are focused around, you know, building publicly traded companies and shareholder returns and earnings and, you know, predicting the movement of the Fed and interest rates and all these different things, which are all important. It's just that um, I haven't found a. I actually I spend so much time thinking about my businesses when I think when I listen to podcasts I mostly listen to podcasts that are totally unrelated you Mm -hmm. know something about you know you know uh,
0: any you'd suggest? uh they don't have to be related just something something that you personally like listening to if they're related awesome if they're not then not
1: um God, I'm drawing. I honestly, I'm drawing a blank right now.
0: Uh, it's all good then. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You No, it's all good. It's all good. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming yeah. on. It's uh, it's been a pleasure, and hopefully, um, like you said, the government stays away from cannabis. So, you know, individually owned cannabis stores could succeed.
1: Yeah, I yeah. think community supported businesses in this sector would would do a lot of good. Yeah, for yeah. our community,
0: well, for our greater community. Thank you so much for coming on it. It's been a pleasure.